The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You ready? We are back on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Steve Vega, and guys, I'm relaxed. Are you feeling relaxed? I am too. I, I, I don't know if maybe some of you guys, you dug so deep where you kind of lost your mind about certain players. Look, I'm going to be real with you. I went into this draft with the lens of who is on the roster, not necessarily about who we can replace and you know okay aside from the running back position I just mean every other position I just felt like the Bills hopefully would be able to add on to what we already have on the roster now what I saw (laughs) from the Buffalo Bills though was a very surgical process of elimination one that confused a lot of people one that made a lot of Bills fans kind of scratch their heads, especially after the second pick. But, you know, we're going to talk about this, guys. Uh, there's still a lot a lot more to go. There's still a lot more that the Bills can do, a lot more trades, whatever have you. But uh, we obviously have to start here. We have to start here with pick 30, Gregory Rousseau. Guys, <laughs> my loyal listeners, right? Listen, you remember... When I talked about this guy, I know you remember. I said he was massive. I said he was versatile. I was just not very confident he was going to really drop to the Bills. He landed in two of my mocks. Um, one that I did not air, but um, I was just kind of running a few. And then um, one that I officially aired that uh, became, I think it was my first or second mock. And it, 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 I say first or second because, yeah, he... He was underneath the radar for everyone, right? I mean, we're eyeballing the hell out of what was going to happen with these two, what I believe are going to be star running backs. I don't think Najee Harris is, you know, he's just going to blow it in his first season. I think he's going to do really good. I think he has the potential of doing really, really well in his career, especially in a Mike Tomlin offense. And, you know, for me, yeah, I, I wanted Travis Etienne, you guys, like everyone did. 
But can we sit here and just be thankful the Jets didn't draft him? At least he went to a team that's completely rebuilding and the Buffalo Bills don't have to deal with him. That's all I care about, guys. All right? Like, for me, that was huge. And some notable names, you know, that we saw kind of just hit the draft board uh, draft board pretty early. I look at a guy like Zayvon Collins. I was honestly very surprised that the Arizona Cardinals took him at 16. I don't know if he fits them well. <laughs> Can we talk about Mac Jones? You ever had that situation where there's someone you really don't want to say hi to and they're a quarter mile away and you're walking straight towards them and the closer you get, the more and more awkward you feel about how you're going to say hi to them. And then right when you say hi to them, you're just kind of like, (laughs) you have no idea what you just said. And they kind of just look at you. Yeah, because they're just walking at you this, this type of way. Like that's the whole time I felt watching him walk all the way down to the draft stage. It was so awkward. And I'm so happy New England took him because I don't think he's going to be great. But maybe he's going to be decent. We had a draft, guys, where I really don't feel like... (laughs) It's funny. Like I legit feel right now that the Buffalo Bills are just just like the New England Patriots when New England was dominating for 20 years. Everyone in, in, except for one team, like, put it to you this way. Miami is the Buffalo, right, of what New England had to deal with. One team was just developing player after player after player. And you, you just knew they were on the rise. Like, it, it's like that we flipped the script in, in inside the division. But at the end of the day... There's still an issue at quarterback. Like Miami has a ton of talent, but there's an issue at quarterback, and there's no one on the defense who can cover the star player. <laughs> and, and 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 the issue with Buffalo, you look back, it's like the issue every single game was how in the hell do you contain Gronk? And then we draft Matt Milano, and then slowly but surely the team starts to dwindle, Milano starts to develop. Buffalo starts closing the gap, you know, um, but we found our quarterback. So, you know, I'm looking, okay, just be real here. The quarterbacks in this draft, I'm going to get some flack for this. Like, look, honestly, for real, I do not really feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to pop off. I think he's going to have a decent season. But I just really don't feel like the whole Urban Meyer, Travis Etienne, let's start something fresh and new, yay, like it's going to work down there. Like I just don't feel like Jacksonville is going anywhere anytime soon. That's just my opinion. I just do not feel – I feel like every quarterback in this draft for real is overrated. As – Typically, it feels like going into any draft, and then it's always the guy you least expect to actually do really well in the NFL draft. Like the last time there was a draft that I remember that these quarterbacks just, I knew they were going to go in, they were going to show out, they're going to do really well, was literally Andrew Luck and Cam Newton. Like, think about that. 
Carson Wentz had one good season. Jared Goff become, became very average. And his coach hated him because he didn't really show that superstar ability that they uh, invested so heavily into. And, you know, I'm looking at this draft and I'm saying to myself, like, yeah, good for the Jets. You know, you get Zach Wilson. I think he had a really good uh, workout. And, you know, people were raving about things that he was able to do, throwing off, you know, his back foot. I don't know. Like, he was doing some, he was doing some wacky stuff, right? But in a real game situation, everything's different. There is nothing in the draft that will guarantee you that guy is going to show up and show out on the football field. You're going to know what a player truly is when he gets punched in the teeth. I know we, we're always going to talk about Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Like, yeah, All right? <laughs> I'm going to talk about Josh Allen real quick. Josh Allen got punched in the teeth really hard and he came back and he jumped over a six foot four linebacker. That's superstar ability. That's a guy that wants to get it done. That's a guy with instincts. And that's a guy that, in my in my opinion, it should be what every analyst should like literally if, if you do not if you're analyzing a draft and you're trying to analyze quarterbacks and Josh Allen is not inside your I don't know your Bible you got something wrong man I don't know what in the hell you are looking at when you're trying to rate these guys Josh Allen was supposed to do absolutely nothing good except throw the ball really far and hard as far as every analyst said. Oh, you know, it's just once in a lifetime. Okay, you know what? Then I don't really know how to look into this bowl, right? I don't really know. What I do know, what I learned, is that the team that drafts the best is typically the most relaxed going into it. And I think that's what the Bills figured out. We're not going to go and go freaking bonkers. You know, I'm sure, yeah, it can get a little, you know, it can get pretty tense inside the war room. Like, I get it, you're trying to get a guy. But, like, I don't think their approach is like, we are going to drop three first-round picks for this guy. He's everything. Like, I think that's the reason... They found Josh Allen. They were patient. They were, they were smart. They waited for their time. They built their team. It wasn't the easiest situation for him to get into, but you know what they did? They figured out the perspective of how to figure out a process of elimination, getting the right guys in, keeping the wrong guys out. No and behold... Gregory Rousseau falls at number 30. I looked at some of these picks on day one, and I'm just kind of like, I think some of these teams didn't know what the hell they were doing. They're panicking. I want the, I want the best guy on the board, the best guy on the board. Like, <sighs> it's just desperation, man. You know, and, and that's what happens. 
and uh, you know, it, it, it's so you know what struck me so so crazy to me was like when Denver stuck with Drew Locke, and two picks later, Justin Fields uh, he goes he goes to Chicago. Blew my mind away. Definitely think Justin Fields is a step ahead of freaking Drew Locke, if you ask me. But there you go. That's just one example. I can keep going. But I want to move on to the Bills. I want to talk about, uh, you know, what they are doing, right? We got we to figure out what the hell they're doing with this roster. Number one, they want a pass rush. That's what they want. All year long, there were big question marks on why we were pressuring, but we weren't sacking the quarterback consistently. Great quarterbacks need to get sacked if you want to beat them. You want to look back at that game against Pittsburgh where, you know, we basically cemented our 13-3 and season, per se. Like, I'm just going to say that because I think that game was really big. It was really tense. There's a lot going into it. We pressured Big Ben enough to get an INT pick six, you know, like that's how you beat great quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is only going to get better. The only way to stop Patrick Mahomes is to put him on his back, sack the crap out of him, pressure him, beat him up. Guys, Cleveland basically got in a fight with the bully, beat him up real good, weakened him very significantly, and we still couldn't win the freaking game. Like, I'm just being real. <laughs> I expected if, if the... Uh, if the guys weren't there, who I was looking at, obviously, you know, you didn't get ATN. You good for Najee? Like, I was, I, I was right about Javante Williams not going at thirty. Thank God, I went pass rush. Freaking nature. It's funny because once the temptation wasn't there to get that, like the Bills were just like, you know what? Let's improve what we need to improve, and that's exactly what happened. The process of elimination. Players went here, players went there, and it was just like it was bright as day. This kid is amazing. Like, I seen his first interview, seen how respectful. I mean, it just, just, I don't, I don't sense an ounce that this guy is not going to fit in. Like, I I just feel like he fits in right away. (laughs) I can't wait to see how, uh, you know, how he's going to interact with the, uh, with the veterans and whatnot. And, um, I'm excited for Gregory Rousseau. Gregory, if you're listening, welcome to Buffalo, man. We're super happy to have you. Super happy, man. Great kid, great pick at 30. You go down and further, you know, further down in the obviously, you know, day two, and we're looking at all these other players, just <laughs> you know, Elijah Moore goes to the Jets. <laughs> well, there you go. Right after that, Javante Williams drops down at 35. 
to Denver. There goes that. I'm just going to keep skipping all the way down these picks, man. And uh, <laughs> you just start to wonder, what are the Bills going to do? What are the Bills going to do? You know, 59 happens, 60 happens, and 61 comes, and we're just like, another pass rusher. <laughs> Some people liked it. Let's double down. You know what I thought? I think the Bills don't want A.J. Epinesa. I think the Bills realized they made a mistake. I believe last year in the second round, when they went with A.J. Epinesa, quite frankly, they went with the best player on the board. When you force a player to cut weight, adapt, try to trim him to everything you want, and basically take him out of his element. Look, I'll just be real with you. I think A.J. Epinesa fits more on on a Pittsburgh Steelers roster. More power to him, all right? Just being real. Buffalo Bills D linemen basically do a little bit of everything. And I feel like that's the reason the Bills went double edge, you know, in, in, in day one, day two. It, it, it's just because they just felt like they needed to really beef up this pass rush. Think about it this way, right? Let's say an offensive lineman is consistently just preparing all week long to stop Jerry Hughes. What happens <laughs> if out of nowhere Jerry Hughes comes off the field just, just because? Coach is like, Jerry, now get off the field quick. And you switch in. <laughs> Gregory Russo. And that number 61, Carlos Basham Jr. Completely different guys. Motors humming. They are fresh into the game. That's what the Bills were missing. The more and more I think about these first two picks, I'm saying to myself, yeah, (laughs) duh. This is what we need. Trent Murphy and, and Jerry Hughes are a good combo, but if you're constantly inter- interchanging guys on the edge, you're frustrating an offense. You're frustrating a quarterback because he's trying to figure out who in the hell to double. Get more one-on-one wins to get these guys to just collapse the pocket. That's what I like about, uh, real quick about Gregory before I get into Carlos. Like, that's what I liked about watching him. You know, you could pull out to the flat to help out against, you know, a screen, um, you know, backs that are running out, whatever have you. But it, the way he collapses the pocket and forces a quarterback to go, you know, he has to step in, it, it, it's a sack. It's like Brandon Bean said, you don't get 15 and a half by mistake. When I looked into Carlos Basham, I just felt like he's a great rotational guy who's going to develop, and I think he's going to help the Bills contend. That's what we wanted. Consistent contention for a title. Now, I'll be real with you guys. I was very surprised. (sighs) Look, I, I had Joseph Asai going to Buffalo. I cannot believe he fell to Cincinnati. 
edge out of Texas. I, when I saw that, you know, it was, it was rough. It was rough, but I guess it's just, it's just specific scheme fit exactly what they felt he could do just a little bit better. I, I don't know, but it was just like to see Joseph, Joseph Asai sitting on the board and, and, you know, we, we take Basham over him. It was surprising. I'll be honest. As far as perspective goes, yeah, I was, I was shocked. Um, obviously, initially went double pass first, but I mean, in that event, why do you skip Joseph Asai and go with Carlos Basham Jr.? Like, I, okay, all right. <laughs> Where do we go to from here? Um, you know, looking at how the board just started bouncing around, cornerbacks were gone. Right? I mean. It, <laughs> You just get the you get the notion. You get the notion. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Buffalo's gonna, you know. And it's funny as as I kept watching the draft, you know, I'm thinking, oh man, Buffalo's gonna take wide receiver. Damn it, dude! Freaking Anthony Schwartz goes at 91 to Cleveland. I'm just like, I stopped watching for a little bit. I'm like, I'm just gonna come back, man. And then the Bills put the offensive lineman on notice with a freaking behemoth out of Northern Iowa. And Spencer Brown, an offensive tackle. He is freaking massive, dude. <laughs> and he jumps through tables pretty well, too. I like him. You know. <clears throat> the next the next couple of picks that are gonna happen. Look, I I could call on I I know this sounds harsh, I could honestly care less. The Bills clearly are committing to Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. I don't see a running back that's on the board that I think we should bring in. And, you know, I, I just think what the Bills wanted to do was stack the trenches. I think they just wanted to provide a strong foundation all over again, what built the defense, what fixed the offense a little bit and then obviously we saw a big you know quantum leap by Josh Allen the next year was just you know we went and got guys that fixed up the trenches and uh you know obviously it began with Star Latule uh you got Phillips he ended up getting injured we got Ed Oliver um and then on the offensive side you saw the Mitch Moore signing obviously made him the highest uh paid center in the league and then we got you know John Feliciano Mr. Mongo himself uh, little by little, we started just making moves. Daryl Williams and, you know, Spencer Brown comes in. And I think it's just, <laughs> look, we get, if someone goes down, which, you know, it's, uh, look, I'm going to just say it, right? Like, I, <sighs> this to me really sharpened my perspective about what the Bills are looking at. Because, look, Mitch Morse has had a lot of concussions. I don't, I don't want to, you know, knock on wood, right? <laughs> but, um, guys, if he gets one more concussion, I think he's going to retire. Hell, I'm surprised he didn't retire this, this offseason. He's had a lot of concussions. And I just, I just get the notion, I get the feeling that if it happens again, we're going to have to figure out and shuffle around the offensive line all over again. Cody Ford's a guard, right? <laughs> Where do we put this guy? 6'8". This guy's freaking huge, man. Well over 300 pounds. 
He's a good backup. He's athletic. Maybe this is guy. This is a guy we can you know throw inside. You know, throw in the game to help out with the run game. That's something I was thinking about putting. You know, throw him at left guard or something here and there. Um, but you know, I. I I don't really know what to say, man. You know, this draft, I uh, I went into it, I, I personally went into it with um, mellow hopes. All right. <laughs> uh, mellow hopes is the best way to put it. Like, there weren't too many guys where I felt could feel like a splash. And, um, you know, just like the board we expected to happen, it, it happened the way we kind of expected for other for other teams, right? And basically that kind of funneled down to seeing the two top running backs literally, literally at 24 and 25 leave the board. As soon as Najee Harris left the board, Jacksonville took, you know, Travis Etienne. Like, you can't make this up. <laughs> you know, um... You know, got notable notable picks. Obviously, look at Eric Stokes. I liked him a lot at cornerback, and I know a lot of you guys are frustrated that we didn't take a cornerback. I I, I just think it was very slim pickings. Um, right after the first round happened, man. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of teams were forced to definitely you know go more defense. <laughs> um, and you know, that's where we're at. You know that's where we're at as as an NFL as a league, right? Like I feel like people are starting to really realize that you can stack all the offensive talent in the world, but your defense in the playoffs needs to gel and be elite. Your teams are going to come back on you, and they're going to beat you over and over and over again. And uh, you know, once the jersey pull in starts getting, you know, you start getting PI for it. Kansas, <laughs> you start to really see if your defense is good or not. And clearly, they were exposed. And I think that's something to take into account. So, look, the draft is going to, you know, it's going to keep rolling. Um, I, I I think the Bills, in my opinion, may, I think towards the end of the draft, go offense. But as far as what's left, um, to fill and to, you know, hash out. I I do see them going linebacker, um, at least once, and I do see them fixing up the backfield a little bit, maybe twice, um, if possible, and then finishing off with uh with a wide receiver if he's there. So it, there's a lot of guys that I just do not feel. Are going to really pop off, but look, this is when doing your homework is really important, right? You look at a guy like Stevie Johnson went very late in the draft. You look at a guy like Antonio Brown went late in the draft. There are guys, I guarantee you, out of this draft that we're going to look back at. They didn't have a, they didn't have a great forty time, but maybe they're technically sound. Like I know you don't like his personality as I don't either, right? But look, when Mark when uh when Chris Godwin went down, when he was injured, whatever have you, Antonio Brown stepped in. And this this guy came from a four four seven 40 yard dash background. Like 
here's the thing. In game, I guarantee you, when he's running down that field, it is not 447. I guarantee you that thing is hitting either the the low fours at the end there or it's even hitting four threes. Because when players are hungry and it's and, and the game is humming and, and you know they're into it, it starts to change. They're, they're, and that's kind of like you look at a guy like right, like Gabe Davis, who I believe man, we need to give this guy a lot more opportunities this next season. You know, I, I, I just, I look. I think what we have already is probably going to satisfy the fan base going in, going into the next season. Like who we got, I definitely think will, and whoever else we can add, great. They're going to develop, whatever have you. They're going to get opportunities. Um, I just think, look, situations where players like Stevie Johnson, Antonio Brown, um, you know, just for examples, like it's rare that they just show up and show out the way they do. And the great thing about the Buffalo Bills situation right now is this. These players are going to start being harvested now. They're not just going to randomly sprout up. That's what's beautiful about the Buffalo Bills situation is that it has finally, the foundation has been built to where if anyone gets gets on the team, whether if it's undrafted too, right? Do not undermine these undrafted guys that we're probably going to run into and then training camp starts and then we're just looking around like, where was this guy? Like, fact of the matter is that who we have on the team right now can very well easily get the Buffalo Bills back to the AFC Championship. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with this. I believe the beginning of this draft put the league on notice and let them know we're coming for the crown and we're going to do whatever the hell it takes to get there. And what I believe they figured out is that they need to get beefier on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Everything else will work itself out. That was literally what I took from it. And I feel like I hit the nail on the head there because I know a lot of you guys feel like that too. If Josh Allen just had a little bit more time, if Josh Allen didn't have have to deal with Chris Jones, you know, mauling his way through the offensive line. I know, and it, it sucked to watch it, but what if now we got a guy who can size that guy up? Seven, like a bunch of guys like that up. Like, you know, you saw, and even when we won against Aaron Donald, like, how are you going to stop him? I, I get it, but at least slow him down enough towards the end of the game where he's not going to make a play on you. Like, you know, that that's what I felt. And, and, you know, obviously, we could talk about pass rush, pass rush. Look, man, our pass rush sucked in that championship game. and I, And I think that's just what the Bills were trying to send the message about. Like, we're coming for it. We got everything else we need. And I am so excited for this season. <laughs> I'm so excited for this season, man. Oh, man. Um, I believe Jabril Cox is still on the board. So uh, there's still a lot of moves the Bills can do. We'll see what they want to do. This. We'll see what the, how, how they're going to really take, you know, how they're going to take whatever's left 
But look, I'll be real, man. <laughs> I I lit I I don't know, man. Like I losing Jabril Cox would really stink. Um, you know, if he were to go to someone in the division or a, you know a top contender, because I think he's definitely a guy you can you can plug in and go, and um, definitely rotate him in and out. And and you know he has that explosiveness. I just feel like he he has an it factor about him. Like he can make plays, man. He's big. He's strong. And I think he's definitely a better option. And AJ Klein. And I think if he gets if he gets an opportunity, you know, to get you know to, to switch in and out with a guy like him, I, I think the Bills really shock some people again next year. Further down, you know, in in, in into the season. But it this is kind of showing me though. I don't think the Bills want to be. Look, they're I guess they're you can call it a four three base defense. I get it. But man, we might as well call him a nickel defense, right? This is a heavily run nickel defense because you're able to audible the hell out of it whenever you need to. Switch to cover one, you know, switch man to man, blitz easily. They don't know who's coming. Uh, you know, you get that extra nickel, obviously, you know, coming off the edge. There's a lot of things you can do. Switch to cover four, like. <laughs> You name it, I'm pretty sure the Bills have been literally done basically the impossible with the nickel defense, and I think that's why it's literally how they run their defense and what flow it flows through. Um, so you know that is what I think may hold may may hold the reason of why Jabril Cox maybe you know the Bills haven't drafted him, or maybe several teams are looking at it. Like we don't want to just be a four-three defense and invest really high capital into a guy like that. Maybe we take him in the fifth or sixth round. Like that's why I'm saying I think the Bills are going to take a linebacker if it's not Jabril Cox, which I really hope it is. Some ways and how um, I think we're going to try to take, take a guy like him, um, just to be able to rotate whenever we need to. But again, this is a pass-heavy league, and this is what we're looking at. We need pass rush. We need to you know establish the line of scrimmage some way somehow, and you need to throw the fo- you need to be able to throw the football down the field. Totally get it. Totally get it. Well, guys, that's my spiel. That's my spiel so far of what's going on. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for the rest of the draft here on Buffalo Rumblings. We're going to be covering it inside and out. Definitely give a follow to all the fellows, you know, doing their thing. You know, Jay Spence is, I'm going to give you a few, a few examples. I can go down the list. Jay Spence, Anthony Marino, obviously, you know, the Bruce exclusive. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Miller, for crying out loud, had Fina on his uh, on his YouTube channel. Definitely go check that out as well. And I'm here every weekend, obviously on Saturday. You're going to be hearing this on Sunday, you know. <laughs> so um, with that being said, though, thank you so much for listening. Um, again, I'm your host, Steve Vega. And it's an honor to be able to be a member of Buffalo Rumblings. And wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, go Bills.